Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you this last thing. You got to be ready. You got to be ready because when, when they quit, you better be ready. Does this go up this way? Okay. All right. How y'all feeling this morning? All right. All right. Let's give me that song. Give me this song. God dropped this in my spirit this morning. Oh, yeah, let's praise him a little bit. He said he's first. Yes. Any help.
says I am that I am. Hallelujah. And that's enough. That's enough right there. God says I am. That's enough, Anthony. That's enough. We don't need a long dissertation on that. That's enough. I am. I am whatever you need me to be. I am. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Oh, Lord. You have been so good to us. We can't even fathom all of your goodness. Lord, if you poured it out onto us all at one time, we'd probably faint. But thank you that your grace and your mercy are new every morning. Do we deserve it? No. But you fixed it so. When you sent your darling son Jesus into this world, when he went to Calvary's cross and died for our sins, you fixed it so we could have what you said we could have. So, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for those who are here physically in the church house building, and we thank you for those online. We thank you, Father God, for house of blessings and Folks who are tuning in around the world Thank you, Lord. to our ministry. Thank you, Lord. It's not because of us, Lord. Mm-mm. Everything that happens, happens because of you. Yeah. And so, Lord, we just say thank you. thank you. Now, Lord, it's time to declare the word of God. I'm just the conduit that you're using today yes. to flow your word through. <laughs> Ain't nothing special about me. Nothing special at all. I'm just your willing vessel. So use me today, Lord. Take me beyond my preparation. And use me as you see fit. Because, Father, I give myself to thee. And I pray, Father God, your word go forth with power and conviction. Blessed today as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God is good, y'all. I was sitting up here trying to hurry up and get everything together. Don't y'all worry about my, my, my presentation. It's coming. But I was trying to get it all together. Hope I didn't lose nothing. And listening to that, I didn't know how long the, the uh, video was going to be, announcement was going to be. I was like, Lord, let it be a little longer than a minute. I'm going to need more than a minute just to get them boxes out of, them, out of each other. But I am just so excited to once again stand before you. To declare what thus saith the Lord. What thus saith the Lord. Not what Steve's got to say. Because it don't matter what Steve says. No way. What matters is what God has to say through me. And so I just pray that you just will lift me up in prayer. Listen to what God has to say in this word. And let's just come out better people. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Let's go. We're going to get started. Let me, let me start this and say this. Pastor has started this series, and he sent us his template. Now, if y'all know nothing about our pastor, know that this brother is Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Y'all hear me, Pharaoh? I didn't say Pharaoh. Pharaoh. He sent about, I don't know, 20-some slides to us. And I'm like, Lord, I got to use every last one. One of these? He said, nah, you ain't gotta, I didn't call him. I didn't bother to call him about it. I said, Lord, just let me know what you want me to use. And so that's what we're going to do. Amen? All right. 
So we're in Epic Bible, right? Anybody that's been following us, been tracking us, either here in the church or online, you know, what are we in? Ah, that was weak. What are we in? We're in Epic Bible, right? Epic Bible, memoirs for the mouth of God that bring good things to life. Because why? Truth. Ooh, y'all caught on. Truth matters. A foundational scriptures in this series, the whole series. From the time he started until God knows when we end it. Because only God knows when we're going to end this series. But the foundation scriptures. And we're going to pound this into you because we want you to know them. Don't come out of this series and go, oh, what were the scriptures again? Isaiah 30, 10 and 11. They tell the prophets, stop seeing your visions about what is right. Don't tell us the truth. Prophesy nice things to us. <laughs> Make us feel good. Even, even if it isn't true. We don't care. We just want to feel good. Stop saying things that will really happen. You scare me when you do that. Get out of our way. Stop telling us about the Holy One of Israel. Did I go too far? There we go. Isaiah 59, 15 and 16. Yes, truth is gone and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was astonished to see there was no champion. Not even one. Who would speak up for what is right. Not one, y'all. So he himself stepped in. You know, God will do that. God will step on in. He himself stepped in to deliver them with his strong arm. And his justice sustained him. 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4. Foundation of scriptures, y'all. Did I go too far? Who this thing's... Got a quick trigger today, Pastor. <laughs> Preach the word. Truth. Be ready to do it whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Correct. Confront and encourage. I'm going to have to say that again because some of y'all don't like that. Correct. When you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the right to correct you. Yeah, yeah. Confront. Oh, see, that's the one we have a problem with. Who you think you are? Now you ain't talking to me. Now mm -mm. confront. Is it in the word? Encourage. See, I'm not gonna correct you and confront you and not encourage you. That, that, that's that's the key. I'm gonna correct you. I'm gonna confront you. But baby, believe I'm gonna encourage you as well. Amen. With patience. Say that. There it is another key. Patience. Patience. Got to some patience, y'all. And instruction. I got to lead you to the word. Tell you where it is because it's not about what Steve thinks. All right? For there will come a time when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. I think we're in that time now. I really do. 
They will not tolerate sound doctrine or truth. But, mm, here, here it is, having itching ears, they will gather for themselves one teacher after another. You know when you find a church in trouble? When they pastors on a recycle program. They just get a, a new pastor, 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 a new pastor. That's a church in trouble, y'all. Who say what they want to hear to foster the errors they hold. See, if you're not, if you're not going to tickle my ear, you're not going to tickle my fancy, you ain't staying long. That's what they say. They will turn their back on the truth and turn to man-made fictions. Luke 12 and 1, beware the yeast, the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The yeast that would grow and affect everything around it. Let's keep going. The learning objectives for this series. Truth matters to God. Truth matters to God. But my question is, does it matter to you? Now, we know it matters to God, Edith. Huh? You taught a good lesson last week. Truth matters to God. But the question is, does it matter to you? Truth is about, truth is all about the wrong or right way to make use of God's word. The responsibility of the church is to be the standard of biblical truth. When the body of Christ operates in truth, it will what? Eliminate and separate. I like that when he put it that in there. Eliminate and separate the chaff from the wheat. Yes. Truth will run Satan, hell, and everybody else who belongs to him out of the church. All his imps. All of them. Biblical truth doesn't make you more of what you are. But, or what you were. Biblical truth makes you more like Christ. And that is to be holy. The greatest challenge and deficits, woo, I used to know that word, deficiency in the 21st century church is truth. I'm having trouble up here like you did last week. And I, I, I'm from here. And I'm having trouble. Yeah, 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 know, we can't, if we can't have no fun, what's the point? Right? Now, now, now we, we serious, but we can have some fun too, right? Uh, wisdom key. I told you, this man thorough, y'all. Concerning the Bible and biblical truth, am I right on it? Yeah. Most believers in the house of God today prefer multiple choice tests. Now, I'm in the Navy. I was in the Navy, rather. I ain't in no more. Oh, Lord. I was in the Navy. And, and whenever we took multiple choice tests, Desi, the saying was, all Navy men go where? To sea. So a lot of my answers was C on the multiple chunk because all sailors go to sea. Woo! However, God does not consider your ability to guess or pick the correct multiple choice answer. Well, it makes you an A student. God does not care how much Bible you can quote. Come here now. Come here now. Quit getting all worked up over some joker that get up here and ain't got no Bible, but he can quote the Bible. 
no, 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 no. God ain't impressed with that. He don't care much about that. Or, or how many answers you can get right on a multiple choice test. The only exams Jesus provides are essay questions. See, God wants to know what you know. He don't want you to sit, sit there and pick and choose and hope and pray you got the right answer. Sister Nadine, he wants you to open your mouth. What do you have to say about me? What have you learned about me? See, you can't sit there and go, A. A? What A mean? No, 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 no. He wants to know what you got to say. The Holy Spirit is only interested in how much truth you understand. How much truth you are living. And how much truth you tell. Mm. How much truth you tell. Do you swear to affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God. I do. Sit down and start lying. I, I don't get that. We, they might as well take that out of the court system. Because it don't matter no more. It don't matter. If you cannot answer the essay questions, then your grade on biblical truth is what? It's an F. You're going to get A or F, Anthony. Ain't nothing in between. All right? You're always learning, but never able to grasp the knowledge of truth. Big questions. What does nothing but the truth, so help me God, mean in our world and in the church today? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's a farce today. We've made it into a farce. It's just something that is said. Is truth always absolute? When it's God's truth. When it's his truth. When it's yours. I don't know. I don't know about that. Or can it change? Well, if we serve the immutable God and God got the truth, immutable means he changes not then uh, truth don't change when it's God's truth. All right? Can truth be relative to your personal feelings or point of view? Well, I'm amazed Sunday after Sunday when I watch, not here, when I watch some other churches, how truth changes based on personal feelings or point of view. I'm going to get up and talk today about how I feel. I want y'all to know how I feel today. It don't matter. What did God tell you? That's what we need to hear. How would you define yourself as a model of biblical truth? Are you a, a disciple? Who see that? Go eat it again. Are you a disciple who obeys the truth? Or are you the church member who embraces and follows truth? Here's the caveat to that. As long as it fits into your version and description of truth. My Lord. Whoops, went too far. All right. That's the background. I'm ready to give benediction now. That's the background, y'all. That's the background. That's the, that's the setup to why every Sunday... If pastor doesn't get up here, one of us other ministers gets up here. And we deal with this subject. That's why we do it. Truth does matter. That's the background to it all. So if you ever wonder why it is we do it, what we're talking about when we talk about truth matters, now you know. 
Okay? Unless you sat here like an ostrich with your head in the ground. Now you know. Amen? Let's look at this little video. I showed this first Wednesday night. I felt it appropriate today. Let's look at this. When the storm settles, when the walls fall, when the night passes, you are still God. The creator, the maker, Far greater than pain, a pandemic, our savior when it seems there's no ending to trial after trial that hits us like waves, who you are is proof that one thing remains. And that one thing is constant, that one thing doesn't change, yesterday, today, and tomorrow the same. In the days things are great and I praise you the same, in the days that I make your heart break, you're the same. Consistent, continuous, constantly here. In low valleys, high mountains, your presence is near. In the present, I tend to lose sight of that fact, but to see where I'm at from my past, whoo, it's so clear that through it all, you are still God. The God that's a light to my darkest of thoughts. The God that's the map to the wandered and lost. The God that's enough when he's all that I got. The God that sees value and says I'm worth the cost. You're the God that's perfect and loves me though I'm not. You're the God that carries me when my feet hit a stop. You're the God that forgave me when I deserved hell. When you yelled it is finished that night on the cross. Through it all, you are still God. My strongest foundation, you are my still God. In the midst of my storm, Lord, you are a still God. When the enemy hears how these words instill God, he'll attack to remove you, but he cannot steal God. You are still God. So tell me, what sickness can break us? What fear can invade us? What media can tame us with the stories they make up? What can anyone say? What can anyone do to ever hide that through it all, there's still you. So through all of this, remind us again that you have a plan for your glory in the end. And Lord, until then, all we pray for is patience. Let us be the light to the ones who forgot. Let us remind them that you are still God. Wasn't that powerful? That was powerful, y'all. Beloved, as we begin today's sermon lesson, it is imperative that we continue to dig deep into God's holy word and unearth the beautiful gems that he has placed for our discovery. When we talk about truth matters, we must prepare ourselves to look into the mirror of God's word and see exactly who we are and how much growth we still must do to even attain a measure of God's goodness. Throughout this, this teaching series, Epic Bible Memoirs from the Mouth of God, Truth Matters, we will come face to face with some truths that for many of us brother Carl may be uncomfortable to embrace 
This is going to be a very provocative in your face series that will expose the raw sinfulness that many of us have tried to sweep under the rug and ignore. We hope and pray that no one sees our elephant in the room. You know, our sinful living. We, we, not, not, not get this, get this, Brother Marvin. We, 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 we know how to put on the, the mask of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when you, when you go to church, yeah, you drive up on the parking lot, whoop, mask on. You kind of like a transformer or, a, or one of these, you, you younger kids know these, you newer, newer ones than me. Mask on. Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Mask on. Or, 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 or you know, when, when we run into church members around town. You ever see somebody from church in the store and you trying to run the other way? Because you hope you praying that they didn't see you. Is it just me? I, 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 I don't know. Okay. Okay. But here it is. Away from the church and church members, the question begs to be answered. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Beloved, in John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus told the Jews who believed on him as well as us today, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. But to be free, you must know and live the truth. For many of us, this can be somewhat daunting because as Jack Nicholson so poignantly declared in the 1992 classic movie, A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth. I wanted to put that clip in, but I said, ooh, he, he cussing too much for me to put that in here. I could run up out of here if I did that one. You can't handle the truth. So, let's go to our text. Let's go to, there it is. I just got the screenshot. Let's go to our text. Deuteronomy, let's go. Deuteronomy, chapter 10. I hope y'all catch me because I, I, I got to walk a little bit today. It's hot up here and in one spot. I got to walk. Got to get some air up in here. Get a little coolness going. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 17. I use the New Living Translation. Whatever translation of your Bible you have, that's fine. If you're on your, your Bible phone, your Bible phone, Bible phone, then you can pull up whatever translation you want. You're free to say, I got it my Bible phone. But if you have the real ancient of days Bible, <laughs> we're going to Deuteronomy 10, 17. We there? Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God. The mighty 
and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. Amen? My brothers and sisters, one of the most fundamental yet profound truths that we must grasp and understand, and this is the title of my message today, God is God. God is God. Now, now, I realize that for some of you biblical scholars, this declaration, this statement, this truth, it don't move you. I, I, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Preacher, why are you telling us what we already know? We know God is God. Well, I'm telling you today, and we're preaching this today, because for many, under the sound of my voice, what you say you know does not manifest itself in how you act. I'm going home now. I'm going home, sir. I'm going home. What you say you know. I know God is God. Hmm. Does not manifest itself in how you act. How you conduct yourself. How you carry yourself. Or who you say you are. That's why the Lord said preach this. What am I saying? What am I insinuating here? The fact of the matter is that if we as the children of God lived our lives like we genuinely believe that God is God, then we would not act the way we have. I'm about to run up out of here, Carl. We would not talk the way we talk. We would not do the things we do. Uh-oh, here it is. We would not go places that we know we have no business going. And we would not think the unholy thoughts that we think. Now, beloved, far too many of us as believers, I'm talking to believers. Let's get that straight, okay? Far too many of us as believers live our lives carelessly and recklessly. We live as if God is a gazillion, billion, million, trillion miles away and has no way of knowing what we are up to. Especially, y'all, especially when we're away from the house of God. Mm. Remember I talked about the mask a minute ago. But when we're away from the house of God, we have mistakenly convinced ourselves that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, just so happy we live here, right? Even, even when we're away from Vegas, huh? As 
Here's my first point. I'm sorry, I didn't get to the outline because I was too busy doing all the rest of this stuff. My point number one, as you study the Bible, you begin to understand that the recognition of who God is, the recognition of who he is, his divine nature, his unique persona, his absolute sovereignty has always been challenged. Has it not? It's always been challenged. We see this. The first incident of this is in the Garden of Eden. Mr. Terry, read that for us. Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Praise God. Amen. Reading from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Say that again. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, mm -hmm. which the Lord God had made. Lord. And he said to the woman, he said to to the woman has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden she talking about she talking for both of them now but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Mm. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Hmm. That's verse 5. Thank you. The day that you eat thereof, you will be like God. Well, weren't they already like God? They were already like God. Am I not right? They were made in his image. So they were already like God. See how the lie gets started and things get twisted? The trap of the enemy had been set. The bait was deliciously tempting, easily within grasp. And the prey had been wooed by the subtleness of the enemy. Sound familiar? You ever found yourself doing something you knew you shouldn't have been doing? And then you look back and go, how did that happen to me? Because the trap had been set. The bait had been presented to you in such a way that it was enticing. And you fell for the okey-doke. That's what happens. Instead, my brother's sister, instead of remembering that they were made in the image of God, Eve chose to believe a lie. And Adam chose to ignore God's authoritative command. Perhaps, 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 perhaps the most prolific abusers and rejecters of God's loving kindness were the children of Israel. Time after time, 
after time, after time, after time, after time, after time, after time, after time, after time, God would command them to love the Lord thy God. Didn't seem like a hard thing, Deacon Ron. Love me. Love me. That's what he said. Love me. Women, it's like Melanie tell you, love me. That's all she wants. Love her. Don't give her a million dollars. Just love her. <laughs> after, and, and time after time, they would go doing what? They go horn after idols and other nations' gods. Read your Bible. Read there. It's there. I'm not making this up. It's in your Bible. I'm not going to read you every instant because that's what you stare for. Read your word. As he did back then with the children of Israel, God is saying to us today the words that are found in Jeremiah 31 and 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. <laughs> My Lord. Here it is, problem point number two. One of the problems we face today is that far too many believers only have a surface knowledge of who God is. They, they only have a surface knowledge. You know, they heard grandmama talk about them. They saw big mama pray to them. They mimic the old preacher whooping about them. Or they, they heard the old deacon lining a hymn about them. Some of y'all don't know what lining a hymn is, do you? I heard the Lord, he heard my cry. I Get me started up here, y'all. Listen. <laughs> As I live and trouble rise, I'm gonna hasten to his throne. Ooh, Lord. Y'all that took me back. Listen, I got to keep going because I got to get y'all out of here. They learned the cute little nursery rhyme prayers. Y'all remember? It ain't been that long ago for some of us. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take surface level Carl they learned that at 8 and they 50 now and they still saying that surface surface y'all surface I told you it's going to be provocative I told you I was going to be in your face or, or how about this one God is great God is good and we thank him for our food 
by his hand, we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Ah, Lord. Can I, can I ask us? I'm going to say y'all. Can I ask us? Y'all online too. Us. Y'all us is too. Can I ask us some questions? When are we as believers ever going to launch out into the deep waters of God's word? When are we ever going to quit surfing on top of God's word? We good for surfing, y'all. Oh, yeah. Got that down. But when are we ever going to stop? When are we going to quit surfing on top of God's word and begin to scuba dive? Scuba dive into his deep treasures. See, if you're going to go deeper, if you're going to go deeper, because that's what God wants us to do, go deeper. Then you got to re- realize it's going to require you to do something. See, when you surf, all you got to have is your board, your bikini, or your little shorts, right? That's all you need. But when you go scuba diving, now Sharon, that's something different. See, you, you need some, thank you. You got to have some old two tanks. You got to have a, a, a mask, a breathing apparatus. You got to have what they call an altimeter. Let you know how far down you're going. See, it requires something. When you're on top, Lord, how, why are you doing this? I don't know, but we're going with it. When you're on top and you're just surfing, whoo, yeah. Right? 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 But see, you're going, you're going with the wind. Right? You're just going with the wind. Feel good? Feel good? You ladies, hair blowing, whoo. But see, when you go scuba diving and they throw them big old tanks on your back, whoo, that's a heavy load. That's some weight. When they, when they tell you put that, that breathing thing in you, whoo, you can't breathe like you used to. Now you got to regulate your breathing, Desi. You got to get used to, to that oxygen. What am I saying? See, when you want to go deeper, it's going to be a heavier load. That's a heavier load. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for me. See, the load does get heavy. But I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. I don't want to stay on the surface. I want to get deeper into his word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Here we go. Got some more us questions to ask. Are you willing to throw your bucket into the deep well of God's holy word? Now, see, you got to be from the country to know what I'm talking about here. See, I ain't talking about the city. I'm not talking about the municipality. I'm talking country. Come on, Terry. Terry, no. Terry, no. I'm talking country. I'm talking outhouse country time. Huh? No indoor plumbing, everything outdoor. You wanted to get some water, you went to the well. You didn't go to your refrigerator and either hit the, hit the little thing on your refrigerator or, or, or go get the picture out. No, baby, you had to walk to the well. 
You had to go to the well. So are you willing to throw your bucket into the deep well of God's holy word and draw up fresh water? Because I guarantee you this. Every time you throw your bucket in to God's holy word, you're going to bring up fresh water. I've read the 23rd Psalm I don't know how many times, but every time I read the 23rd Psalm, God gives me fresh water. Who is hot up here? Are you willing to take, uh oh, oh Lord, uh oh, are you willing to take a Bible? Institute class. Go get quiet here, ain't it? When? Gonna get real quiet. Is the last time you were in Bible study or Sunday school? We talking about learning, right? God's word. We talking about. We talking about going deeper, right? We talking about not being on the surface. Because too many believers are, only have a surface knowledge of who God is. I ask these questions, beloved, because as we study God's word, we become more acquainted with the God of the Bible. We develop a deeper appreciation for what Jesus said in John 4 and 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we worship, point three, when we worship God in spirit and in truth, we recognize that idol worship and false religions are designed to draw our affections away from the true and living God. I'm reminded of what Moses said in Exodus 15 and 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? is like thee glorious in holiness fearful in praises doing wonders who is like the Lord our God Mm. now the resounding answer I should have heard was nobody Uh, that that was a it it wasn't a a rhetorical question there Melanie I should have heard at least Melanie say nobody So I'll ask again, who is like the Lord our God? Online, who is like the Lord our God? Uh Uh-huh, nobody. But many who are listening today struggle with acknowledging this truth because for them, other things have been placed ahead of God and take both prominence and precedence in their lives. God spoke to Moses and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. And the significance of what he said is even more important today. Look at what he said. God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, 
the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Brothers and sisters, even after being given the Ten Commandments, even after being chosen by God to be his special possession, even after seeing the hand of God move on their behalf, even after being showered with God's love, the children of Israel still rejected God and worshiped false idols and gods. Now, there are, there, are, there are various accounts throughout the Bible where we can see how idol worship and the worship of other gods always stirred up the wrath of God. But my brothers and sisters, we need to heed the lessons learned from these account because many of us today have fallen into idol worship and the worship of other gods oh no I would never worship Bill oh no I would never do no 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 but you'll put 80 hours of of work in a week I can't come to church because I'm at work work's got me doing this work's got me doing that I got to do this for work. I got to do that for work. That's idle. You'll try to accumulate as much money as you can. Now, ain't nothing wrong with having a little pocket change. That ain't what I'm talking about. When your desire for money is greater than your desire for God, that's idol worship. One of these accounts, and read it when you go home, read it when you go home, read it when you go home, because I want you to read anyway. One of these accounts is found in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Now, I'm going to summarize this, okay? Uh, Y'all going to read it, but I'm going to summarize it for you. The Israelites were at war with the Philistines. The first battle was lost by the Israelites, and they perceived that it was because they had left the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord at Shiloh. Remember, you got to remember this. The ark represented the presence of God. The Israelites go back to Shiloh. And they get the ark. And they bring it to the camp. Confident that victory would be theirs during the next battle. Because we've got the ark with us now. But once again. Gus, once again, the next battle, Israel not only loses the battle, but also has the ark of God captured by the Philistines. Listen to these words. Go ahead, Minister Terry. Reading from 1 Samuel chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. 
So they took Dagon and set it, 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 in its it place again. <laughs> and when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on its face it. to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. My Lord. <laughs> so what God do you worship? It. 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 Beloved, Dagon was the chief deity of the Philistines. He was purported to be the father of Baal. What, what really got me was the fact that Dagon was the fish god. And he was represented as half man, half fish. But I'm here to tell you, Dagon was no match against our God. You know, I, I'm both amused and appalled by the various idols and gods people worship. I'm amused because it just tickles me. But I get appalled because of their stupidity. People will craft anything that comes to their imagination and begin to worship it instead of worshiping the true and living God. Another familiar account, we're moving on, y'all, is found in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 25 through 40. I'm not going to have you read that. Go home and read that. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you my version of it. That's all right. King Ahab, Terry, Mr. Terry Kearns taught on this on Wednesday night, or a couple of months ago, Terry. We taught on this. King Ahab and the prophet Elijah had this meeting. From this meeting, Elijah told Ahab to gather all of Israel together. Get them 450 prophets of Baal and them 400 prophets of the groves together. And y'all meet me at Mount Carmel. Elijah, when they get there, challenged the people to either follow God or follow Baal. Now, what got me when I read this account, what got me is that after Elijah challenges the people, don't nobody say nothing. Don't nobody say nothing. If God, he said, if God be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, follow him. Don't mind say a word. Four, look, look, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of the grove, and all the children of Israel. Don't nobody say nothing. Don't nobody say nothing, Anthony. But if you dropped a penny on the ground, they'd all been fighting for that. So here it is. Elijah asked for two bulls to be brought before them. The false prophets, he said, y'all go first. Choose, choose whichever bull you want. Because see, I, I don't want you saying, oh, you got the best bull. No, choose whatever bull you want. I'm going to take the other one. That's fine with me. They built this altar. Cut the bulls in pieces, laid wood 
on the altar, but they didn't put no fire on it. That was the key part of this. No fire. No fire, no fire, no fire, no fire, no fire. No fire. Elijah told the people that the false prophets would go first. Call on the name of your gods. And he go last. Again, gentlemen, y'all go first. Y'all go first because I don't want nobody saying, no, no, he did. No, no, y'all go first. And the God, he says, that answers by fire, let him be God. Huh? The Bible says that the false prophets called on the name of Baal from morning to noon. From morning to noon. They call him Baal. Oh, Baal. Bell, 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 bell. They're calling, they're calling, they're calling. They're calling, y'all. They're calling, they're calling, they're calling. From the morning, Edith, till noontime. We can't get people to even pray from morning to noon. But they're calling. They're calling, y'all. They're calling. Without so much as a peep from Bell, Elijah began to mock them. See, I like the humor of Elijah. Elijah said, hey. Call out a little louder. <laughs> Perhaps Bell is busy. He got his Rolodex. <laughs> he's got his, his smartphone out and he's looking through Instagram and oh, oh, oh maybe he's sleep. Y'all need to call a little louder. Wake up, Bell! Hey, Bell! Wake him up. Wake him up. The people leap on the altar. Here's how crazy they get, y'all. They jump up on the altar, begin crying out to Baal, start cutting themselves with knives and swords till blood was gushing out of them. Listen, they kept this charade up until the time of offering of the evening sacrifice. Man, it was out there a long time, y'all. They were out there a long time calling bail, cutting themselves, jumping up on the altar, probably dancing around the altar, doing whatever they needed to do to try to get Baal's attention. Still, the Bible says, they heard nothing from Baal. Not a sound, and not a reply, and not a response. Now, after all this madness, see, as children of God, we can only take so much ignorance from unsaved folk. Am I right? You ever had your family over to the house and ain't saved? You can only take so much of that mess. Am I the only one? You can only take so much deep and then it's time for them to go. You got to go. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. So Elijah had had enough of this. He called the people to him. Took 12 stones. One stone represented each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he began to rebuild the altar. Because by all this stomping and jumping and carrying on, they done tore the altar down. So he rebuilt the altar. But the Bible says he rebuilt it in the name of the Lord. Huh? He, he digs this trench around the altar that was large enough to hold about three gallons of water or liquid, let's say. Okay? Then he puts wood on the altar and he puts his bull, the cut pieces of his bull, on the wood. 
He told some people, go get me four large jugs, jars, containers, whatever you want to call them. Pour the water onto sacrifice and on the wood. Four. Y'all keep that in mind. Four large ones. They did that. He said, go fill them again. Now do it again. They did it again. He said, now go fill them again. Pour it on them again. Now by now, I'm sure a lot of folk around there thought this man that lost his ever-loving mind. He done not only soaked, saturated, flooded this sacrifice, this altar. The Bible says that the water ran out into the trench. It was so much water that it overflowed the altar and was running into the trench that he built. Don't tell me God don't know what he's doing because Elijah did not have to build the trench. The trench was there to show something. Then Elijah prayed to God. I tell you, when you start to pray to God, something happens. Mama Diana, something happens when you start to pray to God. Now you can call family, you can call friends, you can talk to Doc, to Iyala, whatever her name is, Iyala Von Zahn, all you want. But I tell you, when you start to talk to God, oh, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear, find this cry. And he'll answer by and by. Something happens in that. When you talk to God. So here it is. He calls on the God of the Bible says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says immediately. I love that faster. Immediately. Faster than immediately. Quicker than right now. The fire of the Lord fell from heaven and consumed the bull offering. The wood, the stones, and the dust. Now that's an awesome God. The fire. Did y'all hear what it, he did? Consumed the offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust. The fire even licked up all the water that was in the trench. See, only the true and living God can do something like that. Dagon couldn't even stand in his presence. Dagon kept tripping over himself and falling. Down. Falling down. But the God of the Bible, the Holy One of Israel, yes, my Lord and my King. After all of this, Elijah had all of these false prophets of Baal seized, took them down to the brook Kishon, and he killed them there. Oh, hmm. excuse me. I left out a 
really important fact. When, when the people saw what God had done, the Bible says they fell down on the ground and began to cry out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. <laughs> listen, listen, beloved. Listen, 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 listen. Don't, don't y'all criticize these people too harshly. Because I submit to you that some of us are no better than they. Now listen, we may not worship the same idols. We may not worship the same gods as they did. But we do have our own particular idols and gods that we worship. Now, I ain't going to stand up here and read you off a laundry list of gods and idols. Because I want you to examine for yourself. Look at you. Look in the mirror of God's word. Look in the mirror of God's word. Ask this. Can I truthfully say. That God is God. Is God God in my life? Is God God of my life? And is God God over my life? See, God's got to be all of that. He can't be one. He can't be two. Remember, we talked about multiple choice. You can't pick. You can't say B. No, he's got to be all. He's got to be all. Beloved, we've got to understand this. That he has to be God in, God of, and God over our lives. Ah, speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, speak, speak. Speak. Because I sense in my spirit some righteous indignation in the atmosphere. Who, who he think he is? How dare he question my walk with God? How dare he insinuate I don't know who God is? Well, first off, I didn't. But if what is being taught rubs you the wrong way, then all I can say is good and amen. The truth of God's word should be abrasive. It should be provocative. It should be a stench in your nostrils. You should be uneasy. You should be unsettled. You should be unnerved. Especially when the truth is being presented to you and you know you're not walking nor living in truth. You say, you say that God is God. Yet for some of you, God is like Jack in the box. You carry him around. And when you want something or you get yourself in trouble, you begin to turn the handle. You begin to turn the handle. And you wait for your God to pop out the box. You even have this catchy little tune you sing. Come out, come out. I need you, Lord. Come out, come out. I need you. Come out, come out. I need you, Lord. 
pop out the box now. Please understand. God is not a jack in the box. You say. You say. God is God. Yet for some of you. God is your personal. Genie. In a bottle. Oh Lord that's a small little. You know why. It's so small. Because you like to carry him around in your pocket. You don't want your unsaved friends to know. And you're careful about your saved ones knowing. But anytime you need them, you pull them out. And you begin to rub. And you rub. And you rub. And you rub. And you rub some more, and you rub some more, and you rub, and then you rub, and you, you trying to wake up your genie God and have him come out of the bottle in a puff of smoke. Y'all remember the old show, I Dream of Genie, how she, she would come out the bottle. That's what you hoping will happen. Please understand, God is not a genie. In the bottle. Amen. You say. God is God. Yet for some of you. God must. Fit. Inside. A box. Sister Edith did a good. Good job of this last week. Thank you because you, you helped me. With my sermon on that. You. God's got to fit. In a box. For you. He's got to fit in a box. You choose which box to bring your God out of based upon the size of your problem. If it's a small problem, then you only need a little bit of God. So you go get the little box. Because after all, I don't need a lot. I just need a little. Just like Brill Cream, y'all remember that one? A little dab of do you? Just need a little bit. As your problems get bigger, your box gets bigger. Because you've compartmentalized your God to fit into a certain sized box. Listen, God can't be all that he is in your life. Because you won't let him. You've boxed him in. God, this is what you say. You can only go this far and you can only do this much. I got it from here. You ever find yourself doing saying that? I got it from here. I can take it from here. We box God in because of our lack of knowledge about him. We box God in through ignorance or misunderstanding him and his divine nature. We box God in through our own wisdom, human wisdom. 
But please understand, you can't put God in a box. This reminds me, Paul, Paul told us in Romans 3 and 4, Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. God is bigger than any box. God is bigger than any container. God, I'll pick him up later, is bigger than any thought, any imagination, any human understanding, or any wisdom. Quit putting God in a box. Come here, uh, Anthony. Run up here real quick, young buck. We must come on the other side of me. We must be careful, beloved, that we do not grieve God with our limited understanding of who he is. We must be like sponges, absorbing everything we can from the word of God to obtain a clearer picture of just who God is. No wonder Paul exhorts us in 2 Timothy 2 and 15 to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We also must be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit, especially when we use him to excuse our sinfulness. For to grieve him is essentially to arrest the power he has in us. I want to see if he knows his position or not. <laughs> and it said in my BC life, yeah. He represents the Holy Spirit. Because of all that we do, we've arrested. See, the Holy Spirit is supposed to arrest us, our sinfulness. That's what the Holy Spirit, but instead we want to arrest the Holy Spirit. We want to tell the Holy Spirit when we will do what we will do and how we will do it. Holy Spirit says, go right. No, I'm going left. Because, see, I got you arrested. Holy Spirit says, go forward. No, I'm going backward. We're arresting the Holy Spirit. We want to arrest the Holy Spirit. We want to arrest. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is meant to be the source of conviction in every human heart. How sad it is, my brothers and sisters, when Christians try to use the Spirit to support their ungodly and sinful behavior. The Holy Spirit is always the Spirit of holiness. He means to show us our sin. Not to excuse it through subjective feelings, spontaneous impressions, or wish fulfillment disguised as enlightened spirituality. You, you, you can go sit down, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, that's what we do to the Holy Spirit. When we threw, we just throw him away. Go. We go. Go. Because we've arrested him. I hope I can get him out of these. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Remember, he was only a representation. 
But that's what we do, y'all. That's what we do. Listen, I'm going to my seat. I've, I've enjoyed myself with y'all today. And I pray you've gotten something out of the word of God today. But as I go, I want to leave you with this quote from James Ennell Packer. Who's that? He was an English-born Canadian evangelical theologian. He was a cleric and he was a writer. Packer said this. There's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve him, boldness to share him, and contentment in him. I, I, I pray again that something was said to provoke you to live a life of holiness. I pray that this teaching has caused you to conduct an introspective examination concerning whether or not God is God in your life. I leave you with this. No matter what, God is God. God is God. Listen to this. Give me some more on that. Come on, Santi. The most high God.
there may be somebody either here in the sanctuary or online today you've heard the message and you can honestly say before today I did not know who God was but after today I want to know this God if you're here today just slip your hand up if you're online we have counselors online all you got to do is type it in the chat I want to know more about this God I want to know how I can have God in my life so that I can say God is God is He's everything you need. God is. God is. God is. Yes, he is. Give God a hand of praise. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Father God, that we know your word will not return void. But we pray, Father God, it finds fertile ground. That, Father God, it produces good fruit. I humbly submit myself to you, Lord. And I thank you that once again, you flowed through me. Because I realized, even within myself, you took me beyond my own preparation. Mm -hmm. And you said just what you wanted to say to your people. Bless us today, Father God. Let us walk away with a deeper appreciation of just who you are. Let us not scratch our heads trying to figure out who God is, but let us know who God is. Father God, let us not fall into the prey of the enemy, the trap of the enemy. Mm. Let us not worship false idols and gods, for there is but one Lord, one God. And we thank you today that we can call you Father. Abba, Father. As my sister Edith would say, Papa, thank you, Lord. Bless us today. Go with us throughout the rest of this day as we continue to praise your holy and righteous name. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. We will follow. Okay. We will listen to words from our pastor, and then we will follow the directions. Yes. Nothing but a quick minute. Let's praise God again for the word that was spoken today. (laughs) 
Amen. God using us, Stephen. Hey, just want to remind everybody again, uh, all the activities this week, take avail yourself. Uh, listen to what he was saying. Get involved in Sunday school. Get involved in women's Bible study on Tuesdays, men's on Tuesdays, uh, Wednesday night Bible study. There's lots of opportunities and activities, uh, discipleship activities for all of us to be a part of. And so I pray that the Spirit of God spoke to your heart. Uh, now you are in the hands.